Welcome to the 13 Steps Podcast. It's January the 1st, 2007, and this is episode 1.5. You're listening to me, Craig Steele, and my co-host, Colin McLeod. First of all, we'd like to thank everyone for the huge response we had for episode 1. We've had lots of emails, so thanks for contributing to the show. And we're also busy creating episode 2. Now, as you will have heard from the title, this is episode 1.5, a sort of halfway point between the episodes. We didn't just want to release episode 2 until we were happy with it and we felt we had a good quality and informative podcast. But we do realise that some people have been thinking we've forgotten about it. If you're not, we're still working on it and hope to have it completed within the next few weeks. In the meantime, however, we want to thank everyone who's been listening with a little belated Christmas present. On this very special New Year's Day podcast, Colin McLeod is going to teach you his remote writing effect. In the meantime, you still have time to contribute to episode 2. You can email us at 13stepspodcast at googlemail.com. That's 13stepspodcast at googlemail.com. But for now, thanks for listening, and here is Colin with Remote Writing. This is a routine of mine called Remote Writing, and it's essentially a drawing duplication which allows one spectator to read another spectator's mind. The routine is basically one spectator is given a piece of card and a pencil. They're then asked to hold it behind their back and to allow the pencil to move on the piece of card as they say the alphabet out loud backwards. This means that they draw something that they're not consciously aware of. This is then held face down whilst a second spectator uh, is asked again with a piece of card and a pencil to let the pencil move as they say the alphabet out loud backwards. When both their drawings are compared, they are both seen to be almost completely identical. Now the method obviously focuses around the use of a nail writer, but there's a lot of little presentational techniques that make it seem impossible. First of all, you'll need to gimmick one pencil. Uh, By gimmick, I mean either take the lead out of it, or you can dip the piece of lead in nail varnish, clear nail varnish, which will mean that it won't actually allow this first spectator to write anything down. So, you will need two bits of card, your regular pencil and your gimmick pencil, and also your nail writer. The first piece of paper is given to a spectator, and right away asked if they will hold it behind their back. You then give them the gimmick pencil, and they'll hold that behind their back as well. You then ask them to say the alphabet out loud backwards as they allow the pencil to move slowly. I usually let them do this for about 10 seconds and then I ask them to turn the drawing face down and hold it in their palm, which they are then asked to hold out in front of them. The pencil is then taken back off them and as you go into your pocket to bring out another piece of card for the second spectator, you'll switch it for you know, the regular pencil. So now the regular pencil and a second piece of card are given to the second spectator. Now obviously you'll need to get the drawing off of the the first person and just asking for it would seem a little bit suspicious. So the way that I like to do it is that I talk about setting up a connection between both of them to allow one to read the other's mind. The best way of doing this is for the first spectator to hold the second spectator's non-writing hand between both their hands. This obviously means that they will need both hands free. So the best way to do 
obviously you've only got one hand to write with, their second hand obviously being held by the first spectator, they need to rest it on the table so they can't hold it behind their back. This means that I automatically get to see what it is they're drawing. An important point here is that you ask them to draw it slowly. If they do it too fast or draw too much, it'll be obvious that the first spectator didn't get a chance to draw that much. So ask them just to let the pencil move slowly. This allows you to move your nail writer on the first piece of card in time with what they're drawing. And you'll find with a little practice that you get the drawing, which the second spectator is doing, you get it almost exact. Even if you get a few of the key features, that's good enough. So once they've finished, you ask the first spectator to let go of their hand and hand the drawing face down to them again. Uh, and as you talk for a second, just put your new writer in your pocket. The idea now is to build up some time misdirection so that they forget you even touched the first piece of paper. And it wouldn't matter even if you did because they, they suspected it's the same pencil. So if it's drawn the second drawing, it obviously drew the first drawing as well. So now they're holding their drawing and you comment on the second drawing and some of the main features. And when you have the, the first spectator turn around their drawing and they see it almost exact, it's scary. Now this is something that I use a lot close up and it's one of the things that when I do it for two spectators, uh, a lot of other people will then want a shot trying it just to see how close they can get it. Uh, I don't recommend repeating it too many times. I've done it twice and I think that's about the limit before they might actually start to see through the presentational techniques. But I have had a lot of fun doing it and it does get a lot of really strong reactions. So I'm looking forward to hearing what you think about it and your experiences with it. Thanks, Colin. I hope everyone gets a chance to try that out before we come back for episode two. But until episode two, I'll see you later.